everybody, it's Guy Courtin here with Supply Chain Radio. We are excited to talk today with Stacy. Stacy, how are you? I'm great. Stacy, why don't you give our audience a quick intro on who you are and, and what you do here at N4GT Nexus? I joined N4GT Nexus about a year ago, and my title is Director of Solution Strategy for Supply Chain Planning and Execution. And my role is helping to bring together some of the legacy assets from the N4 side with the GT Nexus side. Awesome. Sounds like a fun job. It is a fun job. Keeps you out of trouble. I, and puts me into some trouble well, as well. that's good. We yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Stacey, let's talk about a topic I think that we are all really interested in in terms of the supply chain execution side and what's happening. You know, retail obviously is something that takes up a lot of our time as people because we are all consumers. And obviously, we're seeing all the headlines with people like Amazon and such, obviously doing a lot of things around being more sophisticated their fulfillment and things like that. And one of the areas that I think you, know, like you and I have talked about before, but one of the areas that sort of gets neglected is the role of the warehouse, yes. right? Where does the warehouse fit in this? Because I think there's a preconception that warehouse are these dark, dingy buildings that are stuck in the middle of God knows where and trucks come in and out and it's kind of mysterious and it holds a bunch of inventory. But just tell us, let's level set. Like, where do you see the warehouse fitting in this new retail world? I think it's become a really key central point and a pivot point for the people who are going to be successful in the challenges that are facing retail supply chain and actually broader supply chains even than retail because it all goes upstream and the ones that may not pivot as well. I think some of those big changes, some of those images were very true for a long time. Pallets came in, they got shoved someplace, and then pallets moved out. And that's just not the way anybody is willing to operate anymore. We as consumers don't accept that anymore. So the need to deal with everything from omni-channel fulfillment to the need to provide value-added services, again, whether it's to consumers and it's gift cards and special labeling, or whether it is people serving those retailers and adding more customized product, more tailored offerings, more tailored services. All of those things are converging with a time where automation in the warehouse has come of age. For a long time, that lagged. In manufacturing settings, you brought product to the automation. So it was quicker to adopt. In the warehouse, the automation needed to move. So until it became more mature, harder to do. It's here today. We're there now. And being able to integrate everything from the data that we all are living amidst, the sensors, the information, the need to provide different services, but also bringing together the ability to do that and leverage what you can do to do it better, faster, cheaper, more efficiently, and leveraging some of the challenges that still exist within warehouse operations. So I, I'm hearing you talk about automation yes. technology. I'm assuming we're talking about robotics. Definitely. So I think a lot of us, or many of us in this industry, have seen, I think it's Kiva Robotics, right, who got bought by Amazon. We're seeing other warehouses that are becoming fully robotized, I'm whatever. I'm making up a term here. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Let's patent it. But talk to us a little bit, Stacey, about when you're seeing this automation, what kind of automation is the warehouse adopting today? Why is it important? And what do you see in five years the automation will be then? So certainly the robotics piece is a fun piece to talk about, and that's certainly here. But I mean, I think there's some very basic challenges that face warehouses. For example, labor. And so being able to use things like voice and RFID and sensor information 
potentially virtual reality as you try and do these different things, being able to integrate that into a warehouse system so you interleave tasks and you keep those people doing efficient things effectively and correctly. The ability to have order fulfillment in terms of not just speed, but accuracy, the inventory management piece. So there's a lot of information flowing in a warehouse now and being able to bring that back into a system that can manage it, control it, and act upon it, that's where it gets interesting. I also think there's a lot of very cool visualization technology coming of age. One thing you mentioned there, which I think bears some more discussion, is you mentioned bringing the technology the data back. Do you see the automation of the warehouse eliminating labor entirely, no. being a complement? Like, what's the balance? So I think that what we're seeing, and, and we're definitely seeing it, labor in a more advanced, modern warehouse is more expensive because they're being asked to do more intricate things. So it's a different type of labor force. You know, the number of places that are going to go to a completely laborless warehouse are pretty limited. But being able to have a smarter use of that labor matched to what's coming in, what needs to go out, who can handle what, what are the handling requirements, which are not consistent through a warehouse, all of that comes important. Also, just basic things, like if you've automated things like printing of labels, but you have a major wave of orders that is coming down the pike and the printer that needs to print that right, is not, right. isn't online to have labor sitting waiting for it and or orders taking up time doesn't make sense. So being able to dynamically respond to what is coming in, can I streamline where I'm placing things, has inventory moved in a different way? Did I find out that when I went to do a pull, there's more damage than I anticipated? And how should that information be fed back in very quickly so the other orders are reallocated mm. either within that warehouse or, or a sister warehouse? You mentioned something, too, about some of the, the movement towards more visualization in the warehouse. And I know I've seen some of the things that we've done or we've seen, but talk to us a little bit more about that. Like, What do you mean by more visualization through digital for the warehouse? So, you know, you go back far enough in a warehouse, and when I was in a warehouse operation, you printed a pick list, you handed out the pick lists, and you walked down the row, or you drove your vehicle down the aisle, and you picked. And then you did put away when the picking was done. Was done right. Then we moved to much more of an automated process, where those pick lists were given out in a much more orderly fashion, perhaps an RFID reader, perhaps through voice. But ultimately, just like in other areas of life, people often respond better visually. And if they can see what's happening, whether it's actual labor on the floor or whether it's the management and can see flows better and can see bottlenecks better in a visual manner where it's not a list, but it is a 3D representation of the world they're operating on, it allows a different level of decision-making. It allows a much more intuitive use of technology. So let me follow up with that, Stacey. You mentioned the visualization. I totally agree with you. Do you see, or is it already happening where we're getting augmented reality, virtual reality in the warehouse where it's not just getting something on a two-dimensional or just a tablet screen, but it's truly putting on Google Glass and seeing it in you know, a virtual reality or augmented reality scenario? So there is. I mean, I think 
augmented reality is probably more so. But yeah, there are definitely people who are piloting some very cool things. We've had a lot of discussions with a lot of very cool vendors that are providing that technology. As a provider, we've very much taken the approach of we're not hardware people. And so we stay very much on top of what's happening on the hardware side so we can be agnostic but can take those signals and return to those signals. But there are definitely some interesting pilots happening today. This is not a future. This is our pragmatic reality today, which is exciting. Let's talk a little bit about, sort of take a step back again and go higher when we talk about the role of the warehouse in today's commerce world. Do you see the warehouse becoming more of the heartbeat of the process? Is it an artery which is carrying product? Is it, you know, I can't come up with more body analogies, but what is, you know, if you were to define, because we agreed, right? In the past, the warehouse played a very cost center type role. Today, in retail in particular, what is the role of the warehouse in terms of flow through strategic stuff? You know, you talked a bit about kidding and things like that. You know, how should the retailer today look at that and say, oh, this is not just a cut. This is how I'm going to manage my entire supply chain or this is a key part of it. How do you see that? Yeah, I don't think there'll ever be a time where part of the warehouse's role is not to minimize cost of flowing through to the end customer's customer, consumer, whatever it may be. That is certainly a piece of it. But it's also becoming much more a very key part of fulfilling the promise of customer engagement and consumer engagement. People, and we're all consumers, as you started off with, our expectations of availability and transparency on when we can expect things are, well, two ends of the spectrum. So availability, we expect it available, and we expect extreme transparency on when we're going to have it. And setting those expectations becomes really important. You know, right now, the pressure is on faster, faster, faster. I think there'll be a balancing act that we're already starting to see where there's a balance of, yes, I could have it really fast, and this is what the implications are, or I'm willing to wait a little bit longer as long as I know I'm going to get it then if I get these value-added services as part of that. And being able to make those choice and decisions and have a sense of control That all requires, I wouldn't say necessarily the heartbeat, but a hand-in-hand partner in fulfilling supply chain's promise. And I think more and more people want that end-to-end promise of supply chain. So let's take that to another discussion point, too. You talked a lot about value-added services. You talk about part of the end-to-end supply chain. Are we going to a point, and we didn't talk about this yet, but like if I look at 3D printing, does 3D printing all of a sudden in, let's say, 3D printing in the warehouse, where I can maybe print that last piece of a product at the warehouse? Is it something where I can maybe print a complementary piece to a product? Right. Does the warehouse, all of a sudden, will it take on more of almost a manufacturing role? It can. It can. And it very much can play a really key role in postponement strategies, as they're often called, in order to tailor to market better and more agilely. So you're not committing to final finished goods inventory again and again and creating lots of buffers. And again, that's part of where automation is going to push warehouses further and further, because not only will they have the 3D printing, they'll have the live feeds that say this person wants it here And we're going to deliver against that promise, whether it's a three-hour time window or whether it's at a store or at their home, whatever it may be. Right. 
And do you think, like, the, I mean, I know we've seen some, oh, I see, I'm sure you have too, some warehouses, right, that are doing things like final kitting, so they're putting the parts together. Some warehouses are doing the reverse logistics side where they're taking yes. products back, and they're the point of determination of what do I do with this product. Correct. Are there other value-added services that you see the warehouse in the future taking on, or are these already pretty encompassing? I think that it's going to go even further because I think, again, that need to tailor to markets of one yeah. is going to challenge. Again, it's, it's a little bit of what you're saying, the expansion of the manufacturing floor into another level where it makes sense. And tailoring, whether it's private label versus store brand, that's another place that it could play a role. But the sky's the limits. So let me ask you one last question. You know, one of the things that I've seen a lot in the warehouse right now, warehouse management, is a lot of people, right, adopted WMS systems 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they were fantastic, but they were on-premise, they are siloed, and even if I'm company X and I have three warehouses and I buy a software solution from provider A, it's three different instances because it's all on-prem. Do you think that warehouse management is ripe really for jumping onto the cloud and to becoming a truly cloud-driven solution? You know, it's kind of a bifurcated market, if I'm honest. I think there are a lot of very logical reasons why cloud makes complete sense. Everything that is driven cloud deployment of most other enterprise applications, and you're correct, WMS systems are older than most other legacy yeah. systems in the marketplace. It's kind of an interesting dynamic. I think some of that was a belief at the time that you had a highly customized and now there's a belief that you can be configurable and cloud also means you can stay up to date with all of those new advancements and those advancements are coming fast. I mean, we're iterating pretty quickly. So yes, there is a piece of the market that is incredibly ripe. There is another piece of the market, I'll be honest, that has a fear of the amount of sensor information flowing and the movement of information that is still more comfortable that way, that seems to be getting smaller each year. Well, Stacey, again, appreciate you taking time to be on Supply Chain Radio. Thank you so much. And for Supply Chain Radio, tuning out. <laughs>